and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we have a special episode. We are going to be talking about our top five favorite TV shows and exercise oh. in excitement and pure frustration when i and pitched despair. this yeah when i pitched this i immediately went to knock out my list and i got to four and i was like i can't do this why did i pick this why it's did i pitch hard. This? it's so hard i i have a solid top three as i was texting you about and it's kind of been my top three for a while they're the only three of my list as a preview that i can you could ask me any day of the week and that will be it any day of the year, that will be it. They have not moved from my top three. Once you get beyond that, I mean, we I, I want to do honorable mentions. I have a long list of honorable mentions. And I just could not figure out what to put in that four or five slot. And we'll talk a little bit about like criteria for what you know, what we what we did for this but in kind of analyzing these and trying to like figure out like the, again the top 3 were just like instinctual like I just I knew to put them on these others is when I really got into the criteria and I was like okay can I live without this show yes but is it like do I feel like it's perfect yes like have, do I like all of it yes or no and like it, it's it's so hard how how did you weigh this yeah, I think criteria has to be discussed because I had my number one for sure. And that was very instinctive, as you said. And then I started working on the rest. I came up with a very long list and needed to pare it down. So I developed these criteria. It's what I use to get down to five. I have my own. You have your own. But there may be some overlap. So I came up with like three criteria that I roughly used to uh, figure out this list. So my first criteria is that I need to have seen the entire show to be able to judge it fairly. Okay. So if it's three seasons, I need to have seen all three seasons. Um, this made me want to put one of my honorable mentions on the list before this rule. Um, but the, the we'll get to it for honorable mentions. But that show is very long and I haven't seen all of it. So okay. I didn't feel like it'd be fair to put it on the list. Okay. Um, for my number two... The value of the show has to be personal. Like I personally, it has to have touched me. Yeah. But also objective. So like I was looking for others would agree are quote unquote good shows. Um, oh, so see, I, I didn't at, take that into account at all. Like I could care less. I mean, I think everyone agrees that m the shows that I picked are good shows, but I wouldn't have cared less if someone didn't think it. I guess, but like I would have put like Naruto on my list. And I think, I think a lot of people would be like, Hmm, Breaking Bad, Naruto, maybe not quite equally of equal uh, weight. Oh, but who gives a shit about what other people think? I mean, this is like our top five favorites, not like I'm, really? I'm, not, I'm not saying like keep your list as it is. I, I mean, if you want to change your list and put Naruto on, if it was what your heart tells you, I, I say go for it. And like, no, again, your, your criteria is valid for you. I just I don't agree with it. I wouldn't use it. I, 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 I don't I don't give a shit what other people think. Well, you may disagree with my last criteria then, although I think it's an important one for me. Um, for my third criteria, like these shows had to have done something to contribute to the ecosystem of like good TV or good media as a whole. Yeah. So the shows that I picked, I hmm. picked um, partly because I believe that they inspired and drove other shows and other pieces of art to be better. So I think that everything on my list did that. 
but it's not criteria that I considered. Like if I was just like the biggest Ed, Ed and Eddie fan, <laughs> okay. You know, Love it. and, and even if other people weren't and it didn't really inspire that much, I would have, I would have included it on my list anyway. I don't know why that was the first example I thought of. It's not related I, to anything on my list. I like it. I like but it. it. So go, yeah. Did you go, yeah. I was just going to ask what your criteria was. I, I'm a little all over the place um, because I, I think it's nearly impossible to find shows that have no weak points. And like either entire seasons can be weak or some episodes can be weak. Um, although I, I did take that a little bit new account and uh, let's see, one, two, three, at least three. Maybe, I can't I don't know if the other ones qualify, but three of my, on my list are anthology series in a way, in the sense that like, there is a there can be through line, but like you can pick you can like if you skipped an episode, you generally would not miss much of the story. Gotcha. It's kind of like an adventure of the week or like, you know, that kind of show. That's not entirely true. I mean, there, there are two of mine in particular that have a very like actual like there's a through line, but it's it's like, you know, you could tune in like a random like if you, you're watching like something. Um, like if it's a cartoon, you're watching a cartoon, spoiler alert, there's a cartoon on mine, at least one. And, um, you know, you tune in and you're not missing anything by just catching one episode of it. Like an episode like, of Pokemon. Like exa- you can exactly. sit down and watch Pokemon and from beginning to end, like, it's not like you have to have seen every episode before. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I'm going to get a little no- bit in honorable mentions. Maybe, li- well, actually, you know, maybe honorable mentions should be later and we can explain that then. Um, so I won't do that now. But yeah, I mean, because there there's there's a show on my list that I and this was one of the ones that was really hard to put is like I find the first like season and a half to be unwatchable now. But I I was just I went a little deeper. It was almost like I just I I can't live without it or like the the, the certain character relationships and a certain like type of show. Um it speaks to me so much and it just ma- it makes me feel so happy that I just I can ignore the bad and and I feel like it still deserves a spot on the list. And actually like two of these shows, I mean, I would argue like all these shows have like an incredible cast, but two of the shows in particular are very similar. Um, and I'll get, I'll break down like their similarity. And they also have another similarity with one of my honorable mentions, very similar show um, in the way that where they place the characters, what they have the characters do, where the majority of the setting, like the actual like set, like where, what location are those characters at most of the show, things like that. Um, It's hard to talk about these, these criteria without the kind of like getting into the actual picks, but yeah. Should we do that? Yeah. uh, I want you to go first because I have two written down for my number five and I just, I'm going to end up picking on a whim at the last second. This is how, that's how hard this was for me. Okay. No, picking a number five was so hard. Listen, that's fine. Um, I will say all of mine could come in any order. Um, I'm going to start with number five, but they could really all be in any order except for my number one. My number one is cemented. Number one, there is no question. So for me, my one, two, three are in that exact order. I guess four and five could be different or swapped out. And four might be closer to being locked than five. But yeah, go ahead. All right. I'll start with my number five. Um, I'm just doing this to get out of the way because I know it's probably on your list. It's on my list. Breaking Bad. Um, uh, th- that is my number five. Yeah. Or it's yes. one of the two things I listed as my as and 
the reason I almost didn't put it as my number five is because the other choice I had was a comedy and I didn't have comedy represented on mm. my top five. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll explain what that comedy is when we get to honorable mentions. But yeah, Breaking Bad. So, yeah, um, I, I took some notes on all these, um, but Breaking Bad, like it, it's just a cliche to talk about how good Breaking Bad is at this point. It really is. Um, writing, acting, direction, music, characters, the conflicts. It's all all of these are 10 out of 10, um, like just objectively. Yeah. The only thing in Breaking Bad that kind of stands out to me uh, that I whenever I think about the show, I think about this. I think about two things. I, well, I think about three things. The good thing is I think about Walter laughing hysterically in the crawl space uh, at <laughs> oh, the end of that one episode. One of the best episodes of one television. Of the best, one of the best episodes of television. Like, made me literally, like, made the hairs on my the back of my neck stand up and made me nauseous the first yeah. time I saw it. Like, yeah. it was unreal. I think about that. I think about his son's love of breakfast. I always think about that. <laughs> yeah. And then... I think about Marie's random kleptomania storyline that oh, went nowhere. I hated that. <laughs> no yeah, way. I mean, because the show does have weaknesses, and that almost kept it kept it off my list. Like I, I've only rewatched once, and I haven't rewatched the whole show, but I've rewatched the seasons one, two, and three, and maybe most of four twice. Two and three have really slow parts. Like I, yeah. I, I like one a lot. Two and three, I think drag a tiny bit. I think two and three would almost have benefited from being like eight episode se- uh, seasons instead of like, what are they? 12, 13. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I but agree. like four and five, just outstanding. I agree. But I do feel like even though they may be slow, uh, unlike other TV shows where when there's slow episodes, like something like Lost, when Lost had a slow episode, it's like, oh, they like, they had to pad this out. Whereas Breaking Bad, when it's slow, it feels like it's slow now because it has to be slow to get to crazy shit later. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, we could almost do a whole episode on Breaking Bad, I guess. But like the Skyler is like a character that like troubles me, I guess. Like there's such hateful, awful fans who just hate that character and hate yeah. in a gun. I think that Anna Gunn is fantastic in the role. I think the sh- the role is unfor and it, it, it's not until I spent more time like with the show that it's it's just not the best written part, and it's a shame. Um, she's, they well, they make her too nagging, and she's supposed to be a buzzkill. Like she's she, supposed to be the buzzkill. She is, and and I get that. Like you know when you when you are like the victim as she is in that in the show, like of your husband just being an like a piece of shit. Like you can only do so much within that space, but I just I do think that the character was not as well written as she could have been for that type of character. And I think that not that Better Call Saul has a character that's exactly the same, but I think that the writing of female characters in particular was vastly improved in Mm. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul in some ways I think is better than Breaking Bad. But that's um, what I've heard. I've only seen season one. I need to go back and watch the rest. Um, but it's it's yeah. so good. But yeah, I, I, I feel good enough to have Breaking Bad my number five. But I think that it could be swapped for a handful of my other uh, honorable mentions, depending on when you ask me. Yeah. And just a few more things to say about it. Again, yeah. cliche, but it's the slowest, most satisfying character transformation I've seen on television. Um, what about Monkey D. Luffy? does he i mean he changes in that no he doesn't change um (laughs) but i love him just the same yeah uh and i like that the show wasn't afraid to experiment 
Um, so we have like bottle episodes, like the fly episode. I love great. The, I love fly. And then um, Ryan Johnson. Was it really Ryan Johnson? Well, yep. that actually doesn't surprise me. Ryan Johnson was also the one who directed Osmond Diaz. Also not surprising. Yeah. Um, and in season two, the whole season two plane crash openings, the cold opens at the beginning of every episode. Oh my gosh. Um, they didn't do anything like that before or after. Mm-hmm. But so they were just kind of experimenting and I thought it was extremely effective. Like they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid to try something like that just for one season. Agreed. So yeah, for all those reasons, Breaking Bad, number five. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is Twin Peaks. Hmm. Yeah. Um uh, uh, let's wait. Okay. <laughs> I've right. got it on my list. Spoiler. Um we let we'll, we'll, let, let's park on it when when are you yeah. okay with parking on stuff if 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 someone has it higher? Whether uh, they be screaming them. or begging for help, I have no problem parking on someone. <laughs> okay. Uh my number 4 is Star Trek the Next Generation. I thought that would make your list. Do tell. Uh, so I don't want to spoil what my number one is, even though you might know it. Um, but because I was going to talk about a commonality between, I'll wait for that. But I, I love this cast so much. Like they're like the things about the cast that suck, like, and not the, like the cast, but the characters, I mean, like, you know, like Jordy LaForge is terrible with women and he complains too much, but I love him anyway. I love him as a character. I love like episodes that are just set in the holodeck where, um Picard is you know Sherlock pretending to, is Sherlock Holmes exactly I love Q I love I like the Picard Riker Miranda and I are rewatching Star Trek Picard and okay. or, or we're watching Star Trek Picard and I I just the character of Jean-Luc Picard is easily my in my top three favorite characters TV characters maybe even movie characters of all time I Patrick Stewart in that role is incredible and just the I, I just feel so happy and touched by like the story of the next generation in the sense that like Patrick or Patrick Stewart kind of showed up kind of thought he was too good for this shit, you know, and then he kind of realized like, you know, that this has its own audience and he's it's not Shakespeare, but it, it, it's, it's its own thing and he kind of gained this respect for the source material and for the show that they were doing. And then he kind of just inspired the entire cast to just be better. And you could really tell the difference between like seasons one and seasons two and then beyond that. Like everyone just loved working with each other so much. And they're just such a family and both in the show and outside of the show. And I love that kind of like family you know like a bunch of like people who are different like on one location like a starship together and going on missions or just like having bottle episodes and just interacting with each other it, it just it, it makes me so happy and I, I i feel like i can't live without star trek the next generation even though there's plenty of episodes i don't like remember very well there are some i've probably only seen once some i'll never watch again like season one basically it, it's just <laughs> it's it's such a great show um, um yeah. So this show, I imagine, is one of the ones you were talking about where you have to get through about a season and a half. Yes. I mean, I um, think I, I mentioned it when we did our episode on yes. investment watching. Yeah, I am. I am very intrigued by The Next Generation. My dad used to watch it. And so I remember seeing episodes when I was a little kid here and there. And I remember liking it, but it's just such a daunting prospect to like yeah. go back. And and I wonder, I think you've mentioned there's like watching guides. There are. Kind of. Yeah. Um, 
slim out the uh, the extraneous episodes. So yes, I do want to do that someday because I do want to watch Picard and I don't want to jump into Picard without seeing. No, definitely don't do that. So I yeah, it'll it'll be a while. I do like I love Star Trek Discovery um, and I love the Star Trek films. Uh, I I really want to get into next generation. I, I would love for you to be into it and and to talk about it because yeah, I mean, it's a comfort show, and that's another one of the criteria. Is like this and every other show above it. Maybe my number three is less of a comfort show than my one and two are complete comfort shows. But for, uh, next generation is just yeah, it, it makes you just it's it's a happy place. Um, nice. I've been rewatching a lot of episodes uh, recently, which kind of helped influence that. I, I'll do my number three now because it's the same as your number four. As, that's Twin Peaks. Yes. Let's talk about Twin Peaks. What, what do you have to say about Twin Peaks? Why was it at your number four? Um, It has all the strengths of a Lynch film, but as a TV show, which yeah. <laughs> when you say that out loud is insane. Yep. Um, You get all of his strengths on display. So there's soap opera elements, but done in like the best soap opera way possible. Yes. Like so I, I say that soap opera elements and uh, most people would immediately think disparaging of that. I don't mean it like that. It's mm-hmm. it's the best part of a soap opera where it like elevates all the conflicts and everything is like heightened. Um, and that's how this is. Uh, yeah. It's got a ton of mystery, um, not just the central mystery, which should not have gone solved. Um, <laughs> but there's all these other mysteries peppered throughout the town. Some are um, just so stupid, but I love it anyway. Exactly. Um, it was kind of the first show that got into this idea of like small town secrets with quirky characters uh, that we would see eight a lot of times since Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, it, and it can't, it can't be like understated that like the show also did really well. I mean, it's not it holds its own, I should say, maybe not did really well, but it holds its own even when David Lynch was becoming less involved in like in the second season. Yeah. Um, when he was almost getting like ousted a little bit, like the people he worked with, I mean, he was still involved in a way, but the people working on the show got his vibe well enough to have had the show hold its own when he was less kind of involved. Yeah. And I mean, like season two is absolutely weaker than season one. There's no doubt. Yep. Um, but it still does is a masterpiece. <laughs> I still haven't seen. Oh my god, that's the Showtime season, right? Yeah, you've got Aaron. You've got to see it. It is a is like I forgot how long. I think maybe like twelve episodes or something. It is just like a twelve episode David Lynch movie. Like it's like a twelve hour David Lynch movie. Okay, I'm into that. It is. It is insane. It's completely insane in the best ways. I, I okay. you've oh my gosh, you 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 have to watch it. You okay. have to watch it. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, seasons. See, it, it almost, it, you know, it, I don't want to spoil anything. It's just there. It almost might be my favorite season of Twin Peaks, and I and which is weird because it's it's a different, it's a little bit different of a tone. Like it's definitely different, but it works so well. Okay. Um, well, speaking of Showtime, uh, one of the points that I also had is that uh, so like Lynch and his brand of storytelling, it brought it mainstream. But mainstream, I don't think was ready for it yet. No. Um, Twin Peaks kind of predates like prestige television that we're getting now, like stuff on HBO Max, on Showtime, which is where Twin Peaks season three uh, premiered. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of uh, the proving grounds that shows could be elevated to something like art. Um, but like I said, like this was on what, CBS or ABC? I Yeah, uh, one of those two. Like a major network, like the country was not ready for this. Yeah, and it was a massive influence on Lost and Damon Lindelof. Um, 
in general. I mean, he, he was an influence to, to him working on lost him working on the leftovers, like th- things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this character would be re- like, this is an old trope. It's not necessarily like twin peaks invented this, but it did give us the like quirky investigator type character um, in Dale yeah. Cooper. And speaking and of be- another one of my top favorite characters of all time, Dale Cooper. He's great. And then I was trying to think of his assistant's name all morning. Oh, well, uh, Diane. Diane, yes, yeah. who he's always leaving messages for. <laughs> um, but it, that type of character gave us things like, like I don't think Monk or Psych uh, could exist without like a Dale Cooper as a forerunner. Yeah. Yeah. And another entry on my list that like I didn't use your criteria of like how influential it was, but it but it certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. For all the reasons we kind of outlined. Yeah. Um, Anything else to say about Twin Peaks? Oh, we didn't mention the casting. Oh, Um, just great cast of like actors that some you'll never see half of them in anything else ever. Uh, And some of them are just like gloriously bad actors. And it just doesn't matter. Like James. But in the Lynchian way, in the Lynchian way where bad acting is actually good acting. Yeah, it's funny. Like when you put yourself on in a David Lynch movie, it doesn't necessarily help as a resume booster. um, Yeah, depending on what he's having you do. Yeah. Yeah. What's your number three? My number three uh, is news radio. Oh, okay. I've never seen it, but it's a show that some people are like, this is one of the greatest. This is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. It is. Tell me about it. So news radio is a sitcom no one has ever heard of, uh, except for you, I guess. Um, and it was going on during the like mid late nineties on NBC. So it was on when Seinfeld was on. When Andy Friends Dick was, was in on. this show or is he in something else? Nope. Sure is. I'll get to this? the cast because okay. the cast was amazing. Okay. But this was at a time when Seinfeld, Friends, Will and Grace, ER and other just like mega crazy shows were on TV, specifically NBC. Um, so this show easily gets forgotten about and untalked about. Um, the cast was amazing. It had Dave Foley, Maura Tierney, Joe Rogan, Andy Dick, Stephen Root, the incredible Phil Hartman. This is oh the show gosh. he was doing when he passed away. Um, the guest stars were incredible. People like John Stewart, John Lovitz, James Kahn, many others were guest stars on this show in like really, really standout guest episodes. Huh. Um, the writing was really sharp and they were doing things that other sitcoms weren't doing or were purposely trying to avoid those tropes. So Cheers had just ended and Cheers, the whole thing was the will they won't they between the bartender and Kirstie Alley, um, Ted Danson and Kirstie Alley. That was kind of the like crux of the show. It was like a will they won't they like Pam and Jim in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Sims, I believe, was the creator of news radio. He was like, forget that. Let's just have the will they won't they couple sleep with each other immediately and just get it out of the way, Uh, which is what they do. They like sleep together in the second episode and they get the tension out of the way. And that move worked. Imagine if they had Jim and Pam hooking up in the office in like season or episode like three and the show still working. People wouldn't like the show that much anymore. People wouldn't, but they pulled it off. Yeah. Uh, what I love about the show is that they absolutely had experimental storylines. There was an entire episode that was like, what if they were on a space station instead of a radio uh, like tower? Really? <laughs> yeah. One of them was a literal parody of the Titanic. That was what if they were just on the Titanic? <laughs> That's and it's inc- I had no idea. It's incredible. There's another one where there's a heat wave hitting the, the office and everyone is daydreaming. And so their daydreams are like blending with reality. <laughs> 
Um, there's another episode where one of the characters quits and does it kind of very suddenly and leaves the leaves the office. And so every single character has their own version of reality of what really happened. Um, and also incredible. Sounds like an, like it influenced stuff like community too. Cause absolutely. Is, and yeah. yeah, there wouldn't be, I don't think there would be like the experimental community episodes without news radio. Hmm. Um, one of the things that I really respect about the show too, is that they never really knew when they would be canceled. Um, just because again, like you're competing with Seinfeld, you're competing with ER, you're competing with like Will and Grace, things like that. Friends, um so they never really knew when the end would come uh so it was quietly canceled but they still gave it like a series finale it's not perfect they didn't know if they would be back but they still wrapped up the entire show which is Mm -hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves when a show kind of ends and is canceled and there's not a resolution yeah um this show also the first you know a lot of sitcoms take a season to find their footing this show does that but season one still has great episodes Every other season, especially seasons like two, three, and the last season that Phil Hartman was alive for, the show is firing on all cylinders. It's Mm. like a 10 out of 10. Almost every episode is incredible. Um, It's kind of hard to go back and watch old sitcoms versus like different kinds of old shows. But I think this one holds up. Nice. Yeah, I just, news radio is delightful. I watched it during its initial run. And then very strangely, um, the show had a life in syndication on a and e between 7 and 8 a.m on <laughs> weekdays did you wake up early and watch it yes i did i woke <laughs> up every day and i would watch an hour of news radio before junior high and one of our uh, you know him owen o'reardon mm-hmm. i shouldn't say his last name but yeah. owen also super into news radio we used to talk about it all the time huh um, yeah, it's just it's a great show. Then after watching it on A&E every morning, uh, the DVDs came out while I was in high school. And again, I was like, no one's heard of this show. I can't believe they're releasing the DVDs. And I still have them to this day because I don't really know where you can find this on streaming. I don't know either. I, I yeah. haven't ever come across it. Yeah, it's um, it's absolutely a hidden gem. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my number three. All right. Do you want to do your number two? Uh, yeah, my number two is Avatar The Last Airbender. This is one of my honorable mentions that almost made the list. The reason it didn't is because I've only seen the entire show in full once, but I've watched other episodes here and there. Yeah, I've seen the entire show probably like three times at least. Definitely seen other episodes like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, this is the greatest television cartoon of all time. Um, I'm just gonna say that I think it holds up. Um, it lives up to that. moniker i think one of the things that is such a strength of it is that it was designed for like whole families it was designed for a mom and dad to sit and watch with their kids and they succeeded uh it appeals to adults it appeals to teens it appeals to little kids there's something working on every level for all those audiences it has deep serialized storytelling that lets the characters grow and change in really cool ways Um, And it rewards people who really stick with the story. Um, We brought Pokemon up earlier. Those episodes are generally self-contained. Avatar, you can't really jump into an episode and fully understand what's going on until you've seen some of the other episodes. Yeah, that's true. I thought the... I thought the themes were really important, especially themes for like ostensibly a kid show. So it's got a lot to do with spirituality, speaking truth to power, environmentalism, social justice... And it approaches all of those in like this very family friendly format. 
Um, then there's the action, right? The action. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Tell us more about the action and the fight sequencing. I mean, the, the, the fight choreography for an animated show is really good. And they, and you know, it's not the first show to do like, uh, oh, we're fighting using the elements, but like, man, does it make fighting using the elements look fun? Like it it's does the stuff coolest that's like, version like I don't know of a single sure. other like show that preceded it or maybe even followed it where you like stomp on the ground to make a boulder pop out of the ground and then push it at somebody. Yeah, no, I never seen it. I think we'd seen people fighting with the elements, but we hadn't seen that mixed with Kung Fu. And also like children in a way, you know, the fact that it holds up and it was such a so so great to watch. I mean, I didn't watch Avatar until I was an adult. I, you know, yeah, we should talk about our histories. I started watching Avatar when I was like 16. Okay. Um. So it hit me at like a pretty sweet spot. I was like 30. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, 16 was a sweet spot for it. Still love it at 34. Um, but yeah, it used, I think the other thing too, is it used anime esque techniques and style, but it's its own thing entirely. Anytime you're like avatar is kind of like an anime. There's a bunch of avatar fans that get mad at you. Um, but it did borrow certain tropes oh, yeah. and certain stylistic from elements. Anime. But it did it in a very mainstream package. Yes, like, it's definitely anim- not anime. It doesn't have like all the other like anime tropes. It takes like the strengths of anime and removes the problematic tropes, I would yeah, say. And adds like, the cabbages guy. And adds the cabbages guy who's incredible. Um, anything else to say about Avatar? No, but I I am going to disagree with you that it's the best animated show. Uh, my number two is one I like more, and that's Batman the Animated Series. I knew that would make it too. <laughs> Go yeah. on. Uh, this is just... This is the ultimate. This is probably the ultimate comfort show. Even my number one isn't. I don't watch it as rewatch it as often as I do my as Batman the animated series. But I've I've rewatched Batman the animated series probably an average of, of like once a year since I was like since the DVDs existed, and I watched it since I was like six years old or whenever. I think I was I think I was like maybe even like four or five when the show came out, and so I've probably been watching it even longer than that. Uh, Batman's my favorite superhero. Uh, the animation, the voice acting. I mean, we, we talked about a lot of this within our Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm episode, so I don't want to retread on all that ground, but like the writing, the the acting, the animation is just so influential and so iconic and just so good. And I mean, even like you were talking about like in, touching on like like morality and environmentalism and stuff like even Batman the Animated Series covers that kind of stuff too. It does. And like Bruce Wayne is like not like there's hints at him being a little bit of like a, a you know a ladies man as Bruce Wayne is, but he is such a good person. Um, they they really did a great job of bringing like a dark tone to to Batman, but also keeping it as a kid show that isn't overly violent or like it's not like offensive in any way. It's just it's just so well done and and it's for for kids and for adults. And I'm gonna be watching this show for the rest of my life. And it's just, it's just, I, I, it's nothing but like pure joy. Even like its weakest episodes are great. You're making me want to watch it right now. Just talking about it. Oh, it's, it's, I can, I, I, I just, I watch it all the time. It's, 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 you could throw on any episode. I mean, good ones, bad ones. You could just let it play in the background. It's, it's just uh, so good. And going towards uh, the idea of influencing other media, I know that wasn't your criteria, but you said each of your shows did that. And Batman, the animated series impact on Batman and just superhero media in general is substantial. Yeah. I mean, even cartoons, other superhero cartoons that came out around the same time, a lot of them followed 
And but like I think even then, like people who are looking back at animated series, they're like, wait, what the hell are we doing with our show? Like we're well, not accomplishing about, this at all. And think about what Batman the animated series gave to Batman, right? That's where Harley Quinn comes from. Um, that's where we get the Mr. Freeze retcon. Uh that's where makes we, him so much better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we get a lot of Batman lore stuff that came from this, and it's because it was just such a quality product. Yeah, and even to this day, like Paul Denny and like and crew are are still writing and and making Batman content. So they sure it, are. Yeah, it's just an incredible show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you like me to do my number one or would you like to talk about true detective? <laughs> uh, no, I did not include true detective. Uh, really? I thought yeah. that was your number one. No, I mean, I love true detective season one so much. I've, it, it, that's a good example of like a, you know, that's like a, you know, a series where season one tells one story and two tells the other story and three tells another story. No, uh, I'll do my number one because number my number one is what I think is the greatest cartoon ever. And that is cowboy bebop. I okay when you said greatest cartoon ever earlier I thought you were going to say Bebop that's my second cartoon my top two are cartoons Cowboy Bebop is my favorite show uh it has been since I first saw it in I don't know the year 2000 or something like really soon after it came out um it it it, it, partly like it was the time that I watched it but I think even if I had only heard of it for the first time now when I watched it I could see it having that kind of it may not be my favorite but it would be close um but i i've only grown with this show over time it it, it it combines so many things i love it has a lot of western tropes and storytelling and that was very intentional it's like it's it's a it's a japanese anime that like borrows a lot from western culture and that's why it's also not very it's not nearly as popular in japan as it, as it is in the west it's a lot of people's entry uh their gateway into anime it is it, like so. It has a lot of like like things that are very firmly rooted in Japanese culture and Japanese anime, and and it, but it has a great mixture of that stuff with the West. It's got a great animation, incredible English dub voice acting. One of the very few shows I watch dubbed and prefer over the uh, the Japanese voices. Um, and the the setting is amazing. I like shows about a like a crew that don't always get along on a ship. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that shit. Would Great you say cast that, of characters. That one sentence explanation is the plot of Event Horizon. <laughs> in a way, <laughs> no uh, way. I would say you're leaving out a big, so, like a big part of it. Oh, but yeah, um, just great characters. Spike Spiegel, another one of my favorite um, characters of all time. I wouldn't say I put him quite on the level of uh, in terms of like depth necessarily as like or like just the joy of like Jean-Luc Picard or uh, Special Agent Dale Cooper. But Spike Spiegel is one of the coolest, fucking most badass characters in all of anime. Uh, Faye is amazing. Jed is amazing. Edward is just hilarious. Ayn, you can't forget Ayn. Can't forget uh, Ayn. The music is the best soundtrack, the best TV show soundtrack that's ever existed. It is just this jazz fueled, but also like very beautiful. Like it's not all it's not all jazz. It's just it, it's just. Oh, Yoko Kano, incredible composition. It, I don't know. You can you can throw on any episode. Like once you watch, it's it's a brief twenty six episodes. It's almost a crime that it's so short. I mean, there's a movie too that's pretty solid, also. But like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a twenty six episode show that just like it tells its story, it moves on, and it leaves an incredible influence and impact on me. Like there there are parts of the show 
this like marriages of animation and music that just give me goosebumps, makes my hair stand on end to this day. Um, parts that make me want to tear up, not because they're sad, but just because they're so beautiful or so well done. It's one of the, I think it's the only show on on my honorable mentions and my my entire list that like I I tear up at just the beauty and like the 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 just what the show is doing rather than any like emotional beat. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's my favorite show. Um, that and, that um, and animated series are probably like really like close uh but bebop is i give it the edge let's just clarify so people understand you were talking about the netflix adaptation <laughs> absolutely not uh no. the the cancel after one season netflix uh the, the show did a couple things um surprisingly okay uh and the rest was absolute horseshit it's the kind of thing i you know i've always said this i don't understand who's watching an anime and is like you know what this would be so much cooler if it were actual people. Doesn't work. It just who does not is work. thinking that? I don't know. People um, are just seeing dollar signs. They see how how popular something is, and they're like, "Oh, we need to just make more money from it." Well, the value of the house is going up, and he's seeing dollar signs. <laughs> um. All right. Shall we get to my number one? Yeah. What's your number one? My number one. It features real people. Um. It is not animated. My number one is the Twilight Zone, specifically oh, the original Rod Sterling. Twilight awesome! Zone. I don't know. I, I for some reason I was expecting that to be mentioned in your honorable mentions. I should have realized it'd be higher. No, this is my number. As soon as we started talking about this, this is my number one. Um, my dad showed me you could rent old VHS compilations of Twilight Zone episodes, specifically mm-hmm. from the Hollywood Video on Lagrange Road in Lagrange, and my dad would rent them sometimes, and they were in black and white. And I also grew up watching The Wizard of Oz and other black and white things. So I actually really like things in black and white. Edgar, like, can't handle anything in black and white. He doesn't (laughs) want to watch it. Um, But so I watched Twilight Zone episodes as a little kid. And I loved it because they were kind of scary and kind of mysterious. And they always had this twist that I never saw coming. Um, So then when I got older as an adult uh, and I watched them on, like, Sci-Fi Channel and stuff, I was still obsessed with them. But being older, you can kind of see the twists coming. But instead of like the twists hitting you and being surprising, instead they hit you and they always leave you something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Twilight Zone during the time it was written, during, written you know very famously during the Cold War. So there's a lot in the Twilight Zone about like what makes a good government. Um, what should you base your identity off of? Um, what is really the difference between human beings? Like, should we be killing each other? Um, a lot of the episodes talk about these themes, but in these more heightened mystery sci-fi ways, um, it's the, also the kind of show where you you can literally watch any episode and not have to have seen the others as it's an anthology. Um, and it just, it works. Like I didn't take notes for the twilight zone cause I knew I would just gush over it, but, uh, the fact that Rod Sterling wrote almost all of them by himself uh, is absolutely mind blowing. The that writing is, is so sharp it's and really so thoughtful. Um, and just the like the sets, the props, the fact that they were able to make every episode so completely unique. I mean, they do reuse certain sets and reuse certain props and things like that eventually, but um, just for its time, it was so groundbreaking, and it still is. The Twilight Zone has been redone how many times now? Like three times. There's been a yeah. movie. But none of them have been reproduced to the same effect as the original. And I don't think it ever will be. 
Um, I've seen every episode at least three times. I watched the whole series of Twilight Zone. As soon as it came on Netflix, like years ago, I, I just ingested all of it. Like, couldn't stop myself. Um, just honorable, like specific episodes I mentioned. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what what's your favorite episode? The Howling Man uh, is definitely up there. To Serve Man, everyone knows that one. Um, five Characters in Search of an Exit. Um, what are some other ones I really like? Um, yeah, there, there's just so many and there, oh, there's one where, uh, and that's the other thing too. Some of them can be so stupid, um, but it doesn't really matter. So like, there's one episode and I'm going to give it away, but these guys are talking about where this plane came from. This plane showed up in this plane hangar and they don't know mm-hmm. where it came from. So they're arguing and some thinks it's aliens and others of them think they're being tricked and maybe it's communists and they don't know. And then they go into another room and then they come back out in the hangar and the plane is gone and they realize they all separately imagined the plane. And that's the episode. <laughs> um, but it's just written in such a mysterious, yeah. like cryptic way. Like if I wrote a story where it was like, people wonder where a plane came from, they leave the room and come back and the plane is gone. Maybe they all imagined it. <laughs> like if that, if I wrote that version, it would be horrible yet somehow because Rod Sterling wrote it, it's compelling and you want to read it or you want to keep watching it. Yeah. Um, it's just the twilight zone is an unlimited wealth of ideas and atmosphere and mood. And there's even different genres of episode. Like they have comedy episodes, they have more mystery episodes, they have alien themed episodes. They have like, you know, alternate history episodes. They have what if, what if episodes, it's just, um, there's something for everyone. And I, I just, I love it. And again, like, I just love that it's in black and white that adds so much to it. Um, there's episodes where there's like really cool makeup tricks, uh, that they can only pull off in black and white because they apply different colored lighting to different, uh, shades of makeup. And like, there's an episode where they make a character age super fast and that's how they do it. And it's the kind of thing that they couldn't replicate if the Twilight Zone had been shot in color. Yeah. Um, I, I could just go on and I have to stop myself. But we need to I, do an I, episode on it. You should we should do we, we did an episode with Goosebumps where we watched like three episodes. You should we should do a Twilight Zone one. Yeah, I'll um I'll like curate three of the best ones. And yeah, we'll do let's, an episode on them. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So that was my number one. Um, yeah. And uh, I mentioned I got a long list of honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll rail through some of them. I've got Avatar The Last Airbender, obviously. Got uh, True Detective Season 1. Got Hunter Hunter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mad Men. The West Wing. Another fantastic cast. The West Wing like was like knocking at the door of the top five. Uh, Parks and Recreation. And the one that I almost put in my top five instead of Breaking Bad is Faulty Towers. Which uh, is like the ultimate in in uh, insult comedy show. Uh, it's like John Cleese at his absolute best. Like just those those episodes are like so well written. It must have been it must have been it, it totally exhausting to write those. Uh, incredible achievement. And if you go back and watch after seeing Faulty Towers, things like A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. Um, so many things are lifted right from Faulty Towers. Yep. Yeah. Um, my honorable mentions, I had Parks and Rec, I had The Office, um, like a lot of comedy stuff. Um, but I also mainly The Simpsons. I was gonna have The Simpsons on here, but it would have been like seasons two through ten. And I'm like, The Simpsons is like 35 seasons long, so I'm not gonna (laughs) put it on here. Oh, I forgot Um, to mention Firefly. I don't think I mentioned Firefly, another show that Joss Whedon clearly ripped off Firefly from Cowboy Bebop, but never gave the credit where the credit was due yeah i'm not i'm not a big weed head people love that weed. well I don't, i'm not either uh but i think firefly is great i again i love like a crew of characters on a ship 
that don't all like each other necessarily. Yeah. All right. And next week we're covering event horizon <laughs> again, the event horizon. Yeah. Uh, um, but this yeah. was, uh, this was really fun to talk about. Uh, yeah. TV is important to both of us and we haven't represented it enough on the podcast. So. It's hard to, uh, but we're, we've got some upcoming, we've got some yes. things cooking. Um, yes. well now we got the twilight zone thing cooking as well. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to prepare for TV episodes also. Um, so sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's like, how do, how do we do this? But yeah, um, I think yeah. um, just off the top of my head, I think at some point we have to do like top three best pilots and finales, something Ooh, like that. That would be nice. Or just yeah. our top five characters, even though I already spoiled like two of mine, you know, Picard and Cooper. Yeah. But, so you already like ruined the episode. For I us. guess I did. I guess yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, do you know who uh, likes to ruin things, particularly Christmas? <laughs> oh, Santa Claus. <laughs> well, it's not how the Grinch uh, ruined Christmas, I guess, because he does save it at the end. So that was a really bad uh, segue. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, yeah, you ruined it. Bye.